Diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up this No, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride is JC. I believe we are just three weeks out, I believe, from the Royal Rumble. Let's get ready to rumble! And always in the shot, Mandy Rose has declared for the Royal Rumble, so we have a new favorite in the Women's Rumble, baby! I love how not even 30 seconds into this program, and you've already mentioned Mandy Lee. Mandy Lee, excuse me, Mandy Rose. Mandy Lee. Mandy Lee. That's a Freudian slip if there ever was one. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure that's... I'm you got sure. TJ excited there. I know. Sorry. Excuse me. Did he say Lee? Keith Lee? Keith Lee. What? What? No, man. Uh, so we're going to start to shine the only way we do this program and the JC uh, category, I guess, the most way that do. So go ahead. Give me all of your shine this week, JC. <sighs> My biggest shine of the week from Ron Smackdown. I can tell you what, Nestle. There wasn't a lot for me that I really enjoyed, but I can't, I mean, I'm looking at it now and there's two things that stood out, one from each show, but for me, I don't know what it is, man, but my favorite thing every week is still Matt Riddle in the Hurt Business. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Riddle in the Hurt Business. Like, it's just like, it starts with the silliness with him backstage and then you come out and it's like, okay. So obviously Riddle's been ha ha, goo goo. He had the little, like the fluky win where they missed the tap out. But Bobby Lashley came out and fucking annihilated him. And this is what I like to see. Because we've been talking about this for a while now. Bobby Lashley, right now, is the best he's ever been. He's amazing with MVP. I love that this was like a pseudo squash. There was still like the little crap. But then, like, because it's three-hour Monday Night Raw, he challenges MVP to a match. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, this feud isn't ending. And obviously that ended in a DQ because Lashley attacked Riddle again. But I'm okay with the way they did this because... I still want to see these guys in a longer match. I felt this was like an appetizer in a way to kind of like really like show off that Bobby Lashley's a killer and one of the best like destroyers on the roster. So I like the way they did this. I enjoyed it because Riddle's funny. He's entertaining. He gets it done. And I'm like, once again, I am still looking forward to the legit title match these two have down the line because I think it's going to be really good. I, I laughed hard at the, uh, the Lucha Libre fucking, uh, <laughs> like the Lucha House Party and the and only I, time they'll be in the shine. No, I know, but I was just like, what did he call him? He called him like Lucha Macharo or something weird, like yeah. Bro Sofertes, Bro Chacho, like, Bro Chacho. That's what it was. Excuse me for butchering everything. But I just I thought that was hilarious, and then I also thought like, okay, like we don't really talk about this very much, and I can't believe we're talking about this in the shine. But Lince Dorado is an actually like he's a really good speaker. Like every time I yeah. see him do a promo, I think to myself, why aren't they doing something with Lince Dorado? You know, like not anything crazy, but like I get that the that Grand Metalik is a big deal for the King of the Ropes thing. I mean, but I I, I believe that Lince Dorado speaks really well and, and uh, with with some emotion behind him. So I think he's he's believable. Uh, but then when you get back to you know Bro and like him like half baked kind of whatever he's doing was great. <laughs> but the the thing that I like I really enjoyed most about this was like there was a story there. There like and these are the yes. things that we talk about constantly. There are stories being told, and when there's stories being told. I can believe those things and I'm okay with it. Right. So like the fact that Riddle jumped them last time and now Lashley did it this time, fair game. And then of course it was a jobber alert, which I was hugely like floored by because it was three minutes or less. So your riddle is free. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Like I just could not believe how quick that match went. And then he was like, I know I can beat you, which I get, but I don't necessarily know how you feel about how like, he couldn't beat Bobby Lashley, but then he was like trying to get his feet back by saying, well, at least I could beat your your puppet. You know what I mean? Like, I get that he needed to get his stuff back. And MVP's just kind of like a punching bag for people. But I don't know how I feel about like he went from Bobby Lashley, which I think is one of the pinnacles of WWE. And I'm not saying MVP in general is not a pinnacle. I'm just saying like in terms of the wrestling, I feel like that's like a giant step down. 
So it made me feel like, well, I can't beat the real guy in the room, so I'm going to beat the guy that he beats up or talks to, or whatever, you know, like, so it was weird to me that like, it was so quick. And of course, we had a non-finish, right? Like, that's exactly, like, where we head with Bobby it was like, he's like, man, you're going to get these fool, you're going to get this fool, and then of course, it's like, you know, beat down city, which is what, you know, the Hurt business is. We didn't see Cedric. We didn't see Alex, uh, sorry, we didn't see Shelton. So I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know if anybody else is in quarantine. Well, there there were a lot of people uh, missing from Raw this week. I would guess that it probably had something to do with, you know, potentially the McIntyre test. We don't know how close contact goes and stuff like that. In this COVID world, as we're seeing that in the NBA with my job, with the craziness there, that, so who knows why people were on TV, but they, they obviously, they weren't the only ones missing. There were a lot of people missing, which is why I think we saw them kind of do this twice where it was like, People were in a match and then immediately had another match. So Right. And I'm sure we'll talk about Sheamus and then Keith Lee later on in the program because it was just kind of odd. You said there was something else you want to talk about in the shine. Yes. So uh, we're going to jump to SmackDown. And the reason why this is shine for me is because I did find it exciting because this was a matchup of something I wanted to see. And it was finally like something different for SmackDown. And that is the Dirty Dogs pulling the upset and winning the SmackDown Tag Team titles. You know me, WrestleMania. I am a street prophet. Through and through. I absolutely love them. They're amazing. They've been champions since March, which when I think about it, I was like, holy shit. That's like 10 months. It could be over 10 months, depending on when they won it. So like that is a long time. And when you're looking at it, it's like for this division kind of to move forward and to evolve and to change. Like we talked about SmackDown, at least like starting to build up some teams with Otis and Gable. You have the Corbin boys. Like, so there's some new blood coming in, including the return of the Dirty Dogs who are a legit team. They're two good wrestlers. Their package is working together as heels. So I think it's a shine because we're moving forward with this division, and now it'll be interesting to see the Street Profits in a different position because they've been so dominant, whether it was on Raw or when they got to SmackDown, that now they're kind of the chasers. And as baby faces, that can sometimes be better. So, you know, as sad as I am to see them lose their titles, I am very excited for this division evolving and hopefully getting better. I'm surprised you put this high up in the hope. I'm sorry, the uh, the shine, because I did not expect you to say that you were excited about this tag team winning. So, I enjoyed the wrestling. No, look, I mean they're definitely good wrestlers. There's nothing nothing bad about the wrestling. I'm never gonna say that. It's just I was just shocked that you would say something like that because when I was thinking the Dirty Dogs, I'm like, there's no way they're gonna win, and then they won, and I I kind of felt like it was like, okay, which I, you know the Street Profits did a good job of like you know doing their 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 craziness, which. For me, it was, was a little odd at one point because I will say this much. I, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but it was just like, I usually love Montez Ford's like eating up the scenery and overacting and stuff, but I felt as if when I was watching this matchup, I, it was so apparent to me that Montez Ford was just like overselling and overdoing it too much. Like Dolph Ziggler does that fine line where he just, he he's on that balance of just like, he's so wacky, but you can't believe the sell he does. Versus you go look at a Montez Ford and you think, wow, like, why is why am I watching Roger Rabbit? Like, that's exactly how I feel sometimes when it's happening. Um, and then, of course, when he hot tags in Dawkins, it's all good. But it's just, it's hard for me sometimes to really care about the tag team division in general. Because I feel as like, whether it's the men's, the women's, Raw, SmackDown, whatever, nobody cares about tag team wrestling on any WWE programming at all. As a matter of fact, I, I do. I know you I do. do I'm saying about the people in charge don't, it seems. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. It's always an afterthought. And that's why, to me, this was at least like, okay. Now we have something we can invest in. And like I said, with the other teams, you even saw it backstage with Sonya and Pierce. Like they mentioned it, like Sonya was saying like, oh, do we, uh, do we, you know, bring the new team and the street problems get them? You know, it was just, so it was interesting. I just like that. It was like you're involved. And I think this was what was exciting about SmackDown is they really wanted the street profits. Fox wanted the street profits as we saw in the draft, they got them. So it's like, you're not going to bring these guys in and just ignore the division. And they're trying to build a division around these guys. And I think one of the steps is you have to legitimize one of these teams and they, like, the last couple weeks, they've made them look dominant. Part of this match was Montez selling the injuries from last week. So, like, that's when it's like, okay, it makes sense that the heels are going to win. So, for me, that's why it's all positives because it's more of where we're going, not necessarily what happened this week. Even though what happened this week, I enjoyed. Anything else, or would you like to hear some of my wacky shines? Um, You can go. I'm curious what uh, what you like this week because they're, they're, I have little things, but not a lot. I can't tell you why I like this. Maybe you can t- t- just tell me because maybe you have an insight into my weird brain. I didn't hate the Lacey and Ric Flair thing. So here, okay. So I was so torn on this too. Because here's the thing. I like, I talked about last week how I didn't want them to strike it out, whatever. But here's the other side of the coin. Lacey Evans, every time I watch her like get time, 
She is one of my favorite acts, and it isn't close. She is so fucking good. Her character is off the charts. And she when she goes all in on it, it is just like, it's undisputed how, like, entertaining it is. And the fact that, like, I enjoyed the Lacey-Charlotte match. I think they're a fun matchup because it's that mix of power and speed that you don't always get in the women's division. And it's, and it's just, it's, it was nice to see because it's someone who kind of matches up with Charlotte and her strengths. Lacey does a lot of the same things. Obviously, she's not as refined in the wrestling as Charlotte. But in just terms of, like, raw matchup, like, they've had some good matches together in the past. So a feud is fun. Like, the Ric Flair stuff is obviously a little extra. And overall, like, whatever, we can move past it. But for what it's doing and allowing me to see Lacey really flourish, I'm enjoying it. So I'm kind of with you. It teeters on it for me because, like, there's some of it where it's just like, what the fuck are we doing? But it's like, it's letting Lacey be your best Lacey. And she got the win. Yeah, she got the win. So here's the other thing, too. I want to go, this is my date myself. But again, I, I've watched wrestling since I was, like, three. So it's like, whatever. But not terribly dating myself. But I, this is, this is my vision, right? And this should have been my hope, but I'm just going to blow it right here. I want Ric Flair and Lacey Evans to be Don Marie and Al Wilson, Tori's dad. I think <laughs> that would be fucking hysterical. Like, think about the amount of time Ric, Ric Flair has, like, five ex-wives or something like that. I don't know the actual number. I'm sure Dom can get me the number because Dom knows everything old wrestling style. But, god damn it, like, he probably has alimony on top of alimony. But this would be hysterical to get Lacey Evans in a specific role underneath the skin of Charlotte, which again, you can't really get underneath Charlotte's skin because she's so competitive and she's so good. But I think this would be great because she basically discarded her dad last week, which again, we were kind of hoping would be a one-off. And of course, because it was Legends Week. But you, I, I was some, something's there. Like the, the rest of it was kind of amp for me. Like I didn't actually enjoy the matchup so much because I thought that the chemistry wasn't there in terms of the ring. Outside of the ring, I think the chemistry is definitely there in terms of like them reacting to each other. But necessarily in the ring, I wasn't, I wasn't really buying it. And of course, Rick didn't, grab the leg at the right time to do to the do the uh, rude flair or sorry the rude warrior spot from wrestlemania correctly on the the, uh, the suplex but it was work it was fine it, it is what it is but it's i just there's something about it that's like that's the kind of gaga i think that people would want and i think if if raw definitely needs to get more viewers i think that Lacey's enough to tune in and people would it would you know be like oh i want to see this woman and then of course rick flair oh yeah rick flair being a dirty dog like I, of course you know like it makes sense it's not a hard, like, literally, you don't have to think about it. It's just there. And sometimes when you think about it and you have to, like, do mental gymnastics to get through a storyline, it's not good enough. This one, I can turn on a television and go, Ric Flair, I know he does a lot of things about sex and he's Space Mountain and blah, 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 blah. Of course, he's going to go after a young lady and he's got a daughter and it's pissing her off. That's a Jerry Springer in 30 seconds. I get it. Like, so for me, as much as I'm not necessarily like, oh, my God, Ric Flair is on my television. I hate this or, or I love it. I don't. But in this particular role, I don't hate it. I, I think that I'm okay with it as long as it doesn't dominate my television. I'm fine with it. But it's a good palate cleanse, right, from all the other crap we got to deal with on Raw. And as we talked about, I'm sure we'll talk about later in the heat anyway, there's a lot of crap on this show. So this was kind of one of those things I looked at and I'm like, I think if they let this breathe a little, I'm going to like it. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you put that on YouTube and people who aren't necessarily watching Raw see it, and they're like, oh, it's Ric Flair. And it's like, oh, who's the... It's one of those things that it, like like you said, it grabs your attention, and it might actually bring in a few different viewers to be like, oh, I want to see this. Ric Flair's on TV, and it's with his daughter and, this, and Lacey Evans. Oh, Lacey Evans, I like her. And it's just like, you know what I mean? So it, it's it's smart by WWE. Um, I didn't really see it that way last week, but this week it's shown, and I was like, boom, I like it. Yeah. Something else that I don't think we talked about, and maybe we'll talk about this later, because obviously my head will explode on a certain topic. But inside of a certain gauntlet, I was shocked that Nakamura beat like three guys in a row. Like for me, I was almost going to give him my hope. But I think this is something that like we've all been wanting for because when he came from New Japan, there was so much buzz. NXT was a big deal. They treated him like a star in NXT. He won the NXT championship. He came to, you know, the big leagues. And I hate to say that because I know TJ's going to be like, NXT is the big leagues. But, you know, you get to that whole point. He wins the Royal Rumble. And then, of course, he kind of like has this like downward spiral so much that he, he he doesn't really do too much. He won the United States. I think maybe he won the IC. I don't know. I have to double check. But he won the tag belts. And he's just kind of been floundering for a while. But this was like, oh, my God. Are we going to have the rehabilitation of Nakamura right in front of my eyes on Friday Night SmackDown? It was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that caught my eyes, too. I mean, the, I did love the beginning of the Gauntlet match when Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn came out with the documentary crew. Like, I was dying. It was so good. And, you know, like, 
whenever they give the first person in a gauntlet, and actually technically it was the second person, even right. though he kept calling himself the number one entrant, again, funny. It's like, this guy's going to lose in about two seconds. And he did. So it gave Nakamura the quick win. Um, uh, so it's our uh, Mysterio, the quick win, sorry. And then Nakamura came out and beat them. But it just, uh, it was a lot of fun. I think this match was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, what, you know, the stuff at the end kind of changed it a little bit. But I do think it's interesting because Nakamura is the guy that I think a lot of people would root for if pushed correctly. We saw it before when he won the Rumble. And they just kind of, they completely botched the way they handled it, especially afterwards. because. Wasn't it a feud with like Jinder Mahal or something? I'm trying to like, yeah, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't great. And like you said, he's been, I mean, yeah, he's had some titles, but he's, everything he's done has pretty much been forgetful. So yeah, it did catch my eye. It's interesting. Out of nowhere, like some of their baby face pushes can be, but uh, I'm intrigued by it because, you know, as we get in the Rumble season, this is where you see these type of guys kind of get filled up. I'm just curious to see like what they do with it. Yeah, hopefully there's something to go along with it. Otherwise, if it was a one-off, it's kind of a bummer because it, like, it's one of those things where it like, gets you excited and you're like, aww. You know, it's, it's yeah. just it. You know, They're Matt, building contenders, which always happens around Rumble season. Sure, sure, and that's fine. You get to have multiple you know, red herrings, and that's fine. It is it is what it is. I don't necessarily have anything else on Raw or SmackDown that I really enjoyed. You want to get heady? Yeah, we might as well. All right. Well, I think we've gone, what, let me see, 15 minutes into this program-ish? Should we should we address the, the situation? Yeah. So um, this is this is um, this was interesting because obviously I didn't watch SmackDown actually till Monday. I had a busy weekend, um, so I knew what happened when I was watching it. But as it played out, first of all, the first five and a half minutes of SmackDown WrestleMania was Reigns' entrance. This motherfucker thinks he's turned into the Undertaker. Oh, I know. And it's one of those things. It's like at a pay per view, I'm cool with that. But on SmackDown, where you're already cutting stuff, two hour show. And especially because we know this motherfucker is going to have like six entrances. I don't need a five and a half minute entrance. Have it start like this is the thing where like SmackDown, just like AEW does sometimes, they start the people in the rain at the beginning of the show just to save some time. Uh, this is where I would like to see that. But obviously, you know, that's just a small mention. He called that out of Pierce, Adam Pierce, because, you know, this is what we do with heels. We have them like try to find easy opponents. And boy, did Roman go for low hanging fruit in Adam Pierce. They, uh, they added him to the gauntlet match. He didn't want to do it, obviously. I will say, his backstage segment with Heyman, I really thought was like hilarious. I enjoyed it. I thought that was like the best acting Pierce has ever done. Um, I His facial expressions were off the charts. But obviously, like I'm not going to come on here and defend them, having him become the number one contender. Maybe I would if Raw was giving us a matchup between McIntyre and someone exciting. But on Raw, we have fucking McIntyre and Goldberg. And your other title is Roman Reigns and Adam Pearce. Are you fucking kidding me? You can give me one. I'll forgive one because I got the Royal Rumble. But you give me the two big fucking titles and you give me two bullshit matchups. Are you kidding me? Fuck off. Yeah, you know, I I think people are tuning into this hoping that my head explodes. So I may end up exploding. You might have to do this entire program by yourself. But I thought about it. I thought about it really hard because, like, look, like, I, 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 first off, I appreciate Adam Pierce as the wrestler. Like, I do. And I know he's going to do a decent enough job. He's not going to embarrass himself in the Royal Rumble. Like, I just, or on the match, excuse me. He's just not. And I know that Roman Reigns is going to find a way to make it work. And I, and I, I would imagine right now that this is not going to be a bad match. It's, and that's not what I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is that for me, I, I enjoy the story of Roman Reigns. I enjoy the authority kind of thing. Like it's a reverse authority kind of Austin style where it's like we got a babyface official instead of a heel, which we haven't really had a, a good time doing. And Adam Pierce does a decent enough job as the official. He's just on my television too much making decisions that don't necessarily need to be televised. They can be said by Todd Phillips or whatever his fucking name is, uh, Phil Phillips, and, you know, and, and, and in two seconds in commentary and it's fine. Um, but I feel like he takes up way too much of my television and I've been on this program saying, get off my television, get off my television, get off my television. And now it's like as if they listen to this program and say, yeah, Nestle, you know what we're going to do? We're going to needle you just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then they put him in the match in the gauntlet. And so I thought to myself, okay, clearly he's in the gauntlet match. He's going to win which upset me to begin with when I was watching SmackDown. So I had to sit through like 40 minutes, I think, of that gauntlet, thinking, oh, cool, Nakamura's winning? It's making me feel really... Oh, that's right, I forgot about Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce comes out, not dressed like a wrestler, which is fine. But at least the, the gaga at the end, it made a 
portion of sense, in my opinion? Yes. It did. So I can I can yeah. believe that portion of it. But the problem I have, JC, with it, as you straight you, you straight out of the gate said it, was to me, Royal Rumble season, and I think you've you and I give you credit for this, you have made me think differently about the Royal Rumble in general, where it's the Royal Rumble is okay to take chances, which they are. I'm sure TJ's like, they are, damn it, they are. But not in that case. Like, I just feel like there's so many people on the SmackDown roster that could have had a one-off match with Roman Reigns leading up into this stuff. And I Nakamura. just... Yeah. It's just so many people that would make you feel alive and be like, yes, like, my guy's getting a chance. Like, if Finn Balor came out of nowhere, like, what was it, like, two years ago, maybe? But, like, he... Finn he, Balor, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. That was one of the greatest matches we saw. Right, but, like, the, it came out of nowhere. It absolutely came out of nowhere. And you were thinking to yourself, like, I could see this. I could totally see this happening, but of course they're not, they're not wasting, like there's so many people on SmackDown, but none of them work with Roman Reigns at this point. Like none of them are going to work. Like I'm, I'm look, literally looking through SmackDown right now. There is, the only person I could think of is Rey Mysterio, which would be a good one. Nakamura. And that's it. Like they don't have a lot of top baby faces. Well, they got than, Daniel Bryan. And they're saving Daniel. One of the two is probably going to be Mania. I was going to say, they're saving Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, in my opinion, is probably going to win the Royal Rumble. Like, that's just the way they they are about it. This just is. Big E is the long term, maybe the long con. When Roman Reigns gets the championship back and then has to lose again to another guy, it'll be Big E. But Big E needs a lot of time. But there's not a lot of top guys on SmackDown, which forced him to think outside the box. But you would figure that it would be Goldberg versus Roman Reigns to get that shit over with, right? Maybe somebody vetoed that. I have no idea. Above my probably pay grade. Roman Reigns. I, I imagine Roman Reigns said, fuck that, I'm not doing that shit because he's a superhero and superheroes can't lose. So we're stuck with Adam Pierce. Now, is he scrap daddy? Is he scrap iron? Absolutely. I'm sure there's a legacy there that a lot of people are going to tell me that, oh my God, he's so great. He's so great. But there's just no place in my television for him. Like he's all over the goddamn place. See, he's I do disagree with that because I will say in terms of his official role, like, yes, I agree. He's a little oversaturated, but I think he does a good job. He's well-spoken. He gets into it. He puts people over. He's a good foil for like the heels. I and I do think that I do think he does well in that position. I just don't like that he's kind of it for both shows and he's literally involved in everything. I am intrigued by having Sonya as his assistant. I think that's an interesting way to do it. But and I am looking. Since I'm not like I don't despise Adam Pierce on my TV like you do. I'm excited for him as a person. I think it's cool because you know I've looked kind of into the history. I've listened to what other people have said about him being a former NWA champ. Never got a shot in WWE. He's obviously a guy that's put in the time as a WWE employee. And WWE does usually, like, give some of these people that go above and beyond, like, you know, a little extra. Like, here's an opportunity. Or, like, here's something. Oh, you never had the shot. We're going to give you your shot now. So, in terms of that portion of it, I do appreciate that. I just, again, for me, if this was the bullshit match, which mm -hmm. is fine. You're allowed one. You're allowed one. But the fact that you have fucking Oldberg as the other title match at the Royal Rumble... That's where this doesn't work for me. That is the line in the sand for me because it's just like you can't. Because honestly, I'm looking at it. WrestleMania right now, if if you could eliminate one of the matches, McIntyre, Goldberg, or Pierce Reigns, which one do you get rid of? You get rid of Goldberg. Agreed. You get rid and of Goldberg what, immediately. Like, that's why when I look at this and I'm like, it's insane because normally this would be the answer. And the fact that you're saying it as Mr. Anti-Adam Pierce on my TV just tells you like that that's how tough this is. But they and that's why I don't love this. They don't. Here's the thing. Here's I think here's the real crux of the issue for me as a fan. They know they have us. It's Royal Rumble. We're in. There's yeah. two Royal Rumbles. So this is just like, well, nobody's paying attention to the... Because to, more often than not, nobody loses a championship at the Royal Rumble anymore, right? Like, sometimes it will happen. Agreed. But, but most of the time, it doesn't happen. So it's kind of like, that's why we want these people out of nowhere getting title shots, which again, they're going to say, that's why Adam Pearce... a fun match, you know? Like yeah. the Finn Balors. Exactly. This used to be the Dolph Ziggler, like, memorial yes, spot. Like, exactly. for like five years in a row, he was challenging for one of the titles, and it was a banner match. Right. Like, for instance, for me, like... Even though Kofi, Kofi Kingston, like, broke his jaw. Like, I would have loved to see Kofi Kingston get another shot at something. Like, that That to me would have been like, oh, cool. Like, maybe Kofi Mania will strike again. Or, like, I know you can't do this because it kind of puts you in a bookend. But, like, I'm not a huge Walter guy. But, like, have Walter be like, I'm the best champion. I'm going to beat you up, Roman Reigns. Something would be different that I'd be like, oh, cool. They're giving I'd rather have Walter McIntyre. That would be dope. Okay, well, whatever. I'm just saying, like, that's how, you, you know, you get the one-offs like that. Like, you've given a one-off to Ricochet at Super Showdown. Why not give him Ricochet another shot? You know, like, or whatever. Like, Sheamus is definitely waiting for a shot, but maybe they're doing something down the line. I have no idea.
But I'm looking at the roster, looking at this going like, there's so much crap that they're putting out. There's so much of it that I just, uh, it, it, they don't care because it's the Royal Rumble. They're just like, eh, they, we already got those guys. Let's try to get the casuals. And then like, what? so here's, here's what I have to say really quickly. And as much as we just said that Goldberg is a re the match we'd cancel, like Goldberg reaches the fans that are older that are going to be like, oh shit, I forgot about Goldberg. He's wrestling at the Royal Rumble. Of course I'm tuning in. I'm sticking around. But more often than not, and I'm not saying, and maybe they're trying to get the hardcore fan and maybe that's what it is, but I, the hardcore fans are already there for the Royal Rumble. So I don't know what Adam Pierce brings to the table in terms of like it's, grabbing more people. The, uh, the, the defense for it is that it's the story. It's part of the story. Adam Pierce has been part of the Roman Reigns story. Kevin Owens is likely going to get involved in this match and probably try to help Pierce and then Uso. There's going to be obviously a lot of chicanery. I think they'll let Pierce wrestle one-on-one -on -one with Reigns because it'll be a cool moment for him. But you know that's probably where KO's going to make his return. There's going to be chicanery. So it's for the long-term storyline of this, whoever they go. And honestly, like at the Rumble as we watch it, it might not be the worst thing in the world. That is the defense. But again, it's just, it's, I, we've, we've beat it over the head. Like we're just, you had an opportunity to give us something even better. They didn't do that. It is what it is. And, um, and honestly, it, like you said, it is funny that, because you are so anti-Adam Pierce. Yeah. And this is what happens. No, I just... <laughs> Hey, you know what? So here's the other thing too. Like as much as I give a shit about like my wrestling and I, and I want it to be fun and I want to be taken out of my crap, you know, that I'm dealing with from day to day into like Royal Rumble, which is again, we, we talk about as like one of our favorite things to do. Like at least I know Adam Pierce is going to try to find a good way to put on a match. So I can't like, I can't negate that portion of it. I know Oldberg's just going to hit himself in the locker and then concuss himself in a buckle. Like that's, and we got, and that's the other thing too. Like there's no way McIntyre is going to drag this past 10 minutes. We know that. So it's really just like a foregone conclusion at this point of like, we kind of know what we're getting. We just have to be, yeah. we just have to accept it. Like you, you got to bend over a table and deal with that because once you get to the Royal Rumble, you're going to forget all about it, hopefully. That's what, I'm, that, that's what I'm hoping, but I don't know. All right. Well, we need to, we need to move on from this because we could probably literally talk about this all day. But uh, you mentioned, we talked a lot about Drew McIntyre there. He was supposed to uh, defend the WWE Championship against Randy Orton, who finally got his rematch. Obviously, Drew McIntyre has COVID. He's in quarantine. That was canceled. So WWE pulled out the old Audible, and down came the game. Everyone made a big deal about him not wrestling in 2020, sort of trying to put good vibes back into 2021. We needed a Triple H match, and boy, oh boy, did we get that. We got a long promo at the beginning. We did get a very short match at the end, and uh, to Triple H's credit, he was just, you know, there for Orton to beat up on someone until we got the return of Alexa Bliss. In WrestleMania, I like to shoot the super hot fire out of my mouth, but Alexa Bliss shot the super hot fire out of her glove, right into Randy's face, and that's how Raw ended. Thoughts? <sighs> first off, to unpack there. First off, the fireball was awesome. I thought that that Bliss like and Randy that. Orton, that 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 right there, that that's that's chef kiss, as you would say. That is just mwah, that is wonderful. I, I for for not having the fiend around, it is such a great little secondary sh gear shift to go into waiting around. Um, cause we know something big is going to happen at the Royal Rumble, right? Like he's going to be in the middle of throwing people out and the doom, 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 all the, you know, but so that fireball thing happens, which was amazing. And it looked great. And of course they had 45 different angles and could practice it without a, without a crowd and the whole thing. So it worked perfectly. So that, that's, that portion I enjoyed. I'm not a triple H guy. Like I, I would prefer triple H to be the guy in NXT, the visionary, the guy that knows what he's talking about when it comes to putting other people in successful, you know, sorry, successful ways. Like he knows, like that's why NXT is successful. He knows how to mold somebody, put them in a light they didn't think about and then make them a star. He's very good at that. He's probably learned very well from Vince. He knows what he's doing. That's the guy I want. I don't want this guy on my television and I'll tell you exactly why. The Randy Orton Triple H thing has been like at nauseum over the years in general, whether they've been on the same team or not on the same team. Uh, you know, the whole, like, whatever. He even stole the CM Punk line. Like, it just felt so repetitive. It was like, oh, you couldn't wrestle tonight because you couldn't find your balls in your wife's purse, which CM Punk said, like, 14 years ago or whatever. Like, it's just, it's the same song and dance with Triple H is like, I'm an official. I was going to hear an official opacity, but, be, you know, but God damn it, if someone's going to say something about me, I'm going to take off my jacket and put on the game, you know, like, whatever. It's just like, here's here's what I've, I've always said about Triple H. And I state, and I know Guthrie's going to throw a fucking gasket when I say this. I've never looked at Triple H and thought to myself, that guy's a badass. Like, I've never looked at him and said, that guy's tough, he's going to kick my ass. 
he's built himself and booked himself in a way that he looks like he is a badass to a certain extent. But I don't believe that he's a badass. Like, oh my God. Like if, like for instance, like Brock Lesnar comes down, I'm going to shit my pants if he's That's coming down. That's not a fair comparison. Okay, Nobody well, I, compares to Brock Lesnar. Okay, Stone Cold Steve Austin. As much as I'm not like a necessarily a giant Stone Cold okay, Steve Austin. Okay, so two of the greatest of all time. Okay. Triple H is in that next Like I know what you're saying because he's not The Rock. He's not Stone Cold. He's not Brock Lesnar. He's not John Cena. But like if there's a guy from that next tier who like is close to those guys, it's him. You I don't know what I mean? But the, thing, the promos... He's from, like, a, if those guys are fives, he's a four and a half. Whereas, like, other people are fours. I think here's the issue with me with Triple H. is like, he comes out and does the same song and dance. So it's hard for me every time he... Now, granted, he hasn't been out there a lot lately. So I, it, it, it wasn't terrible for me to see it. But I just always have a bad taste in my mouth when I see Triple H. Because I've never been a... Like, never been a Triple H guy, never enjoyed a lot of the Triple H matches. And I thought that because the matches that he were in, that people say like, oh, because I will, I would always say like, show me a Triple H match. That's amazing. They'll always say this person or the Undertaker, yada, yada, yada. And I'll say to them, it's because of the other person that, that I remember that match most of the time. Because honestly, I don't necessarily believe that Triple H is going to be the guy that I look at and go like, you you can, I can say Shawn Michaels and you can Shawn Michaels against this guy, you know, like, you can spit out a bunch of plethora of matches for for Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, John Cena. You can think of anybody that you love. For me, I don't love Triple H, so it's hard for me to watch and be like, oh my God, it's Randy Orton and Triple H again? And it's just like, okay, we well, know what it is. This segment, here's the thing. This is where like I think that like it's just, yes, we know you don't like Triple H, and that's why you're railing on it. But in this situation, they had their champion, who was supposed to defend his title as like the main draw on Raw, catch COVID. And it's like, oh shit, what do we do? How do we make this interesting? We need someone to like legit to challenge Randy Orton that we can put in the main event so we can do this bliss payoff. Because without him, it's like, okay, what are our options? Well, he did yell at the Big Show last week. Do we fly in Big Show and have him do it? Fuck no. We don't want that. Instead, it's like, okay, we'll have Triple H come down because, A, we can put that on Twitter. And maybe some people will click over and be like, oh, Triple H is back. Not you, but a lot of other people. So it gets the draw. And it's like, what did, what did they ask him to do? Yes, they had a long segment at the beginning. But that was to set up the match later in the night. The match, I don't even know if it was 10 minutes. So it's not like it was a waste of our time or him putting himself over. He was literally out there to help them get from point B to point C, being Alexa Bliss. So they needed someone in the main event that they could advertise. You want to just throw Keith Lee in there randomly? No, because he's doing something with Sheamus that works better for what they're doing. They needed a plug and play. Triple H was a guy that made the most sense because it was like, you're looking at Triple H. You're looking at Big Show. It's going to be something legendary because you can use it as another guy that Randy Orton is going after as an old guy. So in this particular instance, I think it made perfect sense. Did I love it? Of course not. But given what they are done and how hamstrung they were, I think it was the right decision. And it got us successfully from point B to point C because it let Orton continue to be this mega heel. It gave us the bliss fireball. And that was the whole point of it. So I don't think he took away from that. It's a three-hour show where they were already clearly stretching thin. So I didn't mind like all the segments mixed in throughout the night. I think they needed that for this week in particular. So. In terms of that, like, yes, I know you don't like Triple H, but for this week, to just rip it completely what they had to do, I don't think you can because I don't think there were any better alternatives. I think this was best case scenario for how they move forward without McIntyre for the next week. That's fair. I, I'll, I'll say that much. That's fair. I, I think I am going back into the bag too much with that. So yes. I, I, will, I will say that's, that's absolutely 100% fair. The one thing I will say that I, 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 I lost my mind on, I think I put it on Twitter anyway, was like, so this isn't even a match because Randy Orton said it's not a match, it's a fight. So he's not, yeah. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even put this on, this is his match. Like it's, it didn't even end. It was just kind of like whatever. So I, it's a fight. It doesn't matter. Um, but the one thing that made me laugh more than anything was that they had an Irish whip in a fight, like outside the ring. Like you're going to tell me. This is your me, favorite thing. No, I know, this but it's just like, thing. like, it's just like, it's just, so here's the other thing too. Like when you're in a fight with somebody, you're not like, I'm going to grab you by the hand and then do si do you into a stare. Like. Uh, those things always throw me up. And again, it's not just them. I see it with everybody. So it's it, it was just like, it was just seeing something that you've seen millions of times being like, we're using wrestling things here. That was just kind of odd. But again, I'm not going to harp too much on it, but it was just like, it was comical oh, and very not, slapstick. Huh? No, I'm, let's move on. It's just, it's just, I, it's a tidbit that I had to say because it's something that I would do. So it's just, I had to say it, you know, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Cause like you said, they're in a tough spot and I'm probably overanalyzing something. I didn't, I had no, no clue what they had to deal with. So I get it. Like from it's hard sometimes when you're watching because like you have a fan point of view and then you try to like rear it back and be like, well, shit, I don't know everything, right? Like I don't know yeah. 
I, I'm not there. I don't know. So, but like it, it, like in my heart of hearts, I'm just thinking to myself, like, God damn it, Triple H, like, <sighs> you know. But we got the fireball, so that's where we are. Like you said, so. You said fireball. Uh, speaking of fireballs, or lack thereof, a complete fucking snowball. Uh, Jeff Hardy versus Jackson Riker. Riker. Jobber alert. Riker squashes Hardy. But much like the segment we saw later in the show, uh, Hardy's like, I can beat you, Elias. <sighs> why Why is this a thing? Like, why is this? You talk about 32X. This was 32X. Not only that. So, so we know that it was a rerun to begin with. They were advertising Elias versus Jeff Hardy, which, again, nobody wants. I don't know. If, I don't know if Dom was making a joke or not, but nobody wants that. Dom, not one person wants Jeff Hardy and Elias. I don't think again. And then I so, think it was sarcasm. I hope so. And so then we have that whole por portion ha of that happening. And then you know he he hurts his arm or his, his hand or whatever. Jackson Riker beats him in thir like three minutes or less, which tickled me because I was just like, this is fucking awesome. I love it when Jeff Hardy just like does his thing. But then he gets it back up with you know, Elias winning. And so, I mean, I'm sorry, he beat Elias. So it was just hard for me to be like, well, then what the fuck are we doing here? Like, we always joke about the 50-50 booking. But like, as a fan, like this, to me, and the the Sheamus, uh, Keith Lee stuff, I was just like, it was a head scratcher. Because even on SmackDown, they had something similar. It was like, like, didn't they have like, a, they just find like weird ways to restart matches or like continue things. And it was just like, Sheamus, so here's the other thing with Sheamus and, and Keith Lee very quickly was like, they hated each other, they respect each other, the Miz and Morrison were kind of the foil, they had their match, which again was a fine match, I had nothing wrong with it, I felt like I'd already seen it, because it, it seems very familiar to me, if it's not a rerun, it's it's adjacent, like that. that's the part that I have about stuff sometimes, is like, it's adjacent, you know what I mean, so it's hard, because wrestling is such a very specific genre to watch on wrestling, because you don't necessarily tune into your favorite show on wrestling, sans, you know, uh, no, 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 I wouldn't even include that. Wrestling is the only vehicle that I can watch and say it's the similar thing. Like, if I watch a football game, different teams, different strategies, different things going on here, different situations every single time. If I watch a sitcom, why would they show me the same thing over and over again? They have to progress that sitcom or whatever that story is. Like, anything on television has to progress something. But when I see stuff like this, what is familiar, it just makes me go... Like, nobody cares. Nobody cares about what we're doing here. It's just like, it's a flight pattern to Royal Rumble. Like, that's, that's exactly so, what it is. I agree with you. It's definitely a flat line. Like, we didn't uh, get it. But I didn't, in terms of things that I didn't like this week, this was like, this was not high on the list. I will say the Miz and Morrison backstage segment, like, those motherfuckers just make me laugh. So I did enjoy that. Um, whatever. It's, they're still doing the Sheamus tag himself in and won. And then, yes, we come back from break and they're randomly fighting and we have a match. Like, I understand that's still three hours. I do agree with you. It is adjacent to what you're saying. Um, but the weird thing was at the end of the match and the thing that caught my attention, the only thing I really took out of all this was that like Sheamus like hugged it out with him. So he seems to be like full like baby face now. And it got me thinking. It was like, oh my god. Are these two motherfuckers going to win the tag team titles until they're ready to uh, push one of them against Drew? Maybe, I mean, so the other thing that bothered me about it too is like, uh, before we get to what you talked about, they have so many devices on like, this is what happened during commercial break. They do it all the yeah. time down our throat. This was an opportunity to show us what happened at commercial break for them to fight each other. And they didn't even bother doing it. It was just like, why aren't we doing like that? Why aren't you showing me a device for like, it was just so weird. It was just like, yeah. oh, it's just like guys being guys and that's it. And it was buried in commentary when we were just, there we are moving on, you know, so... I don't understand it. One, one iota. And so, if they're a tag team, they got a long fucking way to get for me to give a shit, and a long fucking way for me to care, because I just don't. I mean, they're both. I don't very want good. to do that for the record. It just got me thinking because it's like you know how WWE loves that. We're getting close to Mania season, and sometimes they have trouble like booking everyone in, and there's no way in hell Keith Lee isn't going to be part of it. So I could see them being part of like a fatal four way tag team match at least. Maybe they don't win, but I just like that got me thinking. Like, oh man. Are these two going to be a legit tag team, or is it going to be like, we're going to see this payoff this feud soon? That was all that it got me thinking, but... Don't put that in existence, please. Do you have anything else in the heat well, that you want to talk about? No, you can do your quick heats. If not, I'm cool to get hopeful. All right, uh, quick heats very, very, very quickly. Uh, Carmella has a promo that basically says nothing else. Uh, oh, so here's something very quickly that I want to talk about. Uh, the, the Sports Illustrated tent Top 10, headlined by your girl. The mm -hmm. rest of, the, In my opinion, the rest of the list was trash, but that's okay. 
It was a pretty trash list. It was a pretty trash list, as we talked about in the Jabber Knocker thread. Um, but I thought that that was usually the the working relationship to further the the Sasha uh, Carmelo thing. So I, I don't necessarily know how you feel about. It. I don't know if you want to go through it, but it's just it was kind of like I felt like it was WWE trying to get Sports Illustrated to help them with with the storyline versus like the actual it's, thing. Also for Sports Illustrated, it's the same thing we talked about with like Moxley with the PWI list for the men. It was ex- ex- extremely beneficial for SI to put Sasha one because right now you talk about like cross platform cross like fan bases sasha's number one so you put sasha banks who was just in a, in a very popular tv show on disney plus who we know like her brand has gotten so big this year whereas like yes is could you call her the number one star and wrestler or whatever you want to do it sure but if we're talking about like if it's a legitimate list like it's supposed to be like a year-long thing or whatever she's not number one and you know i love sasha it's just it's not but the whole list was like that it was like it, the whole point of lists is to like get attention and to grab debate and to catch eyes mm-hmm. if you don't do it legitimately. And that's what it did. So it worked. And obviously for WWE, we know they have a working relationship with SI because SI quote unquote breaks news sometimes that WWE clearly beats them because can you really break news on a, a fake script? No, it's it's literally fed. So we understand that. It makes sense. I'm happy for because it it's awesome. But it's just it's it's a mutually beneficial to her, to WWE and to SI. So it was a home run in that sense. That's all I got to say really about it. Sure, and that's fine. Uh, we have a jobber alert we didn't talk about very quickly about uh, Gulak and AJ Styles, which was kind of whatever. It is what it is, unfortunately. I did enjoy the backstage thing. It I thought funny. it was great. So here's the yeah. other thing too. You like, can't just declare yourself, but AJ did. Well, these AJ Styles, you're Drew Gulak. Right. I like that because it's something we always harp on and be like, why do these guys get to put themselves in? Now we understand. If you're good, you get to put yourself in. If you're not, well, you got to get permission. <laughs> I, I like it. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it was funny. And then, of course, he, he he does do well with his facial expressions. Like So, like, I was hoping there would be a real match between Gulak and AJ Styles. So, I was really hoping for, like, maybe, like, maybe you get AJ Styles almost lose. And then, you know, he can go back to say, hey, you know, Gulak showed a really good performance there. Let's put him in the Royal Rumble. Like, you could have done something with that. You know, whatever. I, I would assume very quickly, because it's Royal Rumble season, I expect almost to be in... The Royal Rumble. Like, I expect him to be in the Royal Rumble. I would even go as far as maybe by accident he eliminates somebody, like an AJ Styles or something, like, that he shouldn't or whatever. But we'll see. Um, and uh, very quickly, uh, your girls, the uh, uh, Sexy Time, Flex Friends, or whatever the fuck they're called, take on Nia and Shayna, which seemed rerun adjacent to me as well. Um, if it it's is never not... actually happened. The whole storyline's been they keep injuring them before they fight. So this was the first time it actually happened. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Jesus, it, it happened. Hey, Nestlemania, you know what? It was a great strategy by Shayna to tag herself in because Mandy was preparing to reverse that Nia splash in the most epic feat of strength ever that Shayna, like, one-upped her, but then, like, oh, I know you're going to do that, so I'm going to tag myself in and get her to tap out. So that's why Mandy tapped out, cut her off. Yeah, the, the sexy muscle friends is just whatever. It was funny, I was watching sexy this morning. <laughs> that's what they call themselves, I guess. I could not I just la- call them the fighting Mandys. I couldn't, yeah, the fighting Mandys. Uh, the, the one thing I couldn't laugh harder about was I was watching this morning and my wife goes, there's two blondes. Which one's Mandy and which one's uh, <laughs> Dana? And I said, the one that with the, with the Mandy's the one without the Minnesota accent. And she goes, oh, don't you know, Bobo? Like, I was like, that's it. It's, I'm over. It's so great. Um, but again, here's the other thing, too. I think Shayna Baszler is going to throw out uh, Nia Jax the Royal Rumble. I, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think it's definitely time for Shayna to get her, her thing going here. And uh, I wouldn't necessarily... S- hate seeing Shayna versus Asuka at WrestleMania because I think it's it's a similar style that we're going to get, I think. And uh, hopefully we're all on that ride. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I like Shayna. I want to get an opportunity, but Shayna Asuka, I don't know if that's if that's going to be too high in the JC WrestleMania power rankings, but whatever. It's not going to get you wrestle boner ready, if that's what you're saying. Anyway, let's get hopeful. I think it's time to get hopeful, folks. Uh, would you like to start? Yeah. You know what? I would like to start because, you know, we didn't talk about something on SmackDown. It was kind of by design because, you know, I told Nessel, I'm like, I know this is going to be shine. Lay it off because I want to have my moment in the sun with Billy Kay, the current MVP of SmackDown Live. It was only a little backstage segment this week with the Riot Squad, but I thought it was fun. And so it got me thinking, it's like, you know what? This is clearly a fun little storyline. The Riot Squad, they're probably never going to get tag team title shots because, you know, the women's tag team titles are meant for people fighting for other titles or whatever, but whatever. But maybe Billy Kay could help get them there. 
I want this little weird trio of weirdness to continue. Like, they kind of blow her off because Billy Kay trying and actually becoming part of the Riot Squad would be a lot of fun. Like, next week, I want to see her. You know, she mentioned on the resume about mosh pitting. Well, I want to see that too. Maybe it's like not even a live thing. It's like a video where she's like, look at me. I was in a mosh pit. It's something like really sad and pathetic and funny. It's just like, I want them to go in with this. It's a pretty simple hope, but like, I want them to further this. SmackDown does a good job with these storylines. I think they will here, but I think it's a good way to take people that really aren't getting their time right now. And it's something that I think could elevate the Riot Squad to maybe she does help them win the tag team championships down the line because they're a team I think a lot of people have wanted to see with those belts for a long time. So I think it would be cool. So you can add that to the list of my hope. But that's my hope. Billy Kay, win all these fun segments, trying to become a member of the Riot Squad, becomes a member of the Riot Squad, helps them win the title. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true, motherfucker. <laughs> my hope is uh, I'm going to I'm gonna try to take a negative and turn it into a positive here. I'm trying in 2021 to be more positive. I know, what? I know. I know. So something that really grind my gears was that Adam Pierce was going to be in this Royal Rumble match. However, in my opinion... The silver lining of all this is Sonya Deville. I think Sonya Deville is going to be a big deal going forward. And I think that uh, the reason they brought her in was to be an assistant. She's like, oh, I just want to learn from you, Adam Pierce, blah, 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 blah. I think inevitably it's going to get to a point where Roman Reigns is going to hurt Adam Pierce so badly that Sonya Deville is going to have to take over as the official on SmackDown, I think. And I think that's where we're headed. But I also believe very much in so that I want her to be part of the table. I mean, I want her to be in the back pocket of Roman Reigns. I want her to be the person that is like, she asks permission to Roman Reigns. Like, I think we haven't seen that yet. Like, we haven't seen a wrestler, a full-time wrestler, be like, I run this place. So being the so pseudo GM to have kind of like a hand to like write down on the contract stuff, I can totally see that working. I think she fits kind of that. When I'm looking at Paul Heyman, Sonya Deville, Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, you know, maybe Tamina, I don't know, and then Roman Reigns. Uh, I, I see that kind of like that corrupt, almost like just gang mentality with, with, with Sonya Deville. And I think maybe shushing Adam Pierce back to Raw where maybe he could be, I think he's more needed on Raw if they're going to use him in that capacity because at least there's three hours for him to eat up and make up matches that nobody cares about instead of, you know, we come back for a commercial break and two guys are beating each other up for no reason. We don't understand what the hell is going on. Um, it is what it is. So I think that like raw tenden, tenden, raw has a tendency is what I should say to lend itself to somebody like Adam Pierce less so on SmackDown. So I think that if Roman Reigns kind of says like, oh, let me show you the way of how things are doing here, Sonya, she'll be like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, of course. Like the big dog's going to make me more money. Of course. Like I don't have to wrestle and I can be the the person here. Like, yeah. Like she might have this false sense of something going on. Like I, I see that happening. I see that being a big deal because Sonya can talk. Sonya can deliver good and bad news. She likes screwing people over. Um, so, I mean, we haven't seen a GM in a while, so it's not going to be fresh, but at least when it's not fresh anymore with, with Sonya Deville, at least she can come back and wrestle. And I don't think we've seen a GM. I mean, we've seen GMs that can wrestle every once in a while, but I've never seen a GM. I don't think I'm sure somebody will correct me. Where it's like they're a full-time wrestler GM and then like they can come back to constable wrestling. Constable Corbin. Oh, that's true. I forgot about Waiter. But he was a constable, not he a GM. Constable. So you're correct. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But it, like I'm okay with it. Like it's been a couple of years since Constable Corbin. I'm okay with it. You know, like every once in a great while it's okay. So Sonya Deville like leads gives me hope that maybe Adam Pierce will finally be off my television. Or at least maybe on Raw where I can fast forward him a little bit quicker. I don't know. So that's my hope. Sonya Deville taking over full-time on SmackDown for a while. Uh, and being part of the the table. I think that's uh, where we're going to go. So hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag Nestle is always right. Well, that's a jinx, but don't call it a comeback. A dude, you used to curse a lot. It took this guy a long, long, long time to get out of the rut that you put him in. This is your fault. <laughs> but uh, my comeback's going to Apollo Crews? Yes, it is. You know, we didn't mention this Intercontinental title match, which I enjoyed, obviously. Uh, it ended in like a draw. In a weird way, Apollo thought he won. He was so upset, he slapped Big E. And Big E was like, oh, you gonna get caught now. And uh, they had another match, which Big E wanted to, uh, to win. But the reason why, or Big E went on to win, excuse me. The reason why Apollo Crews gets my comeback is because for a long, long time, and they've teased it here and there, but they've never really done it. We've wanted to see what Apollo Crews can do as a heel. Really kind of let loose. And I think now's the time. Because obviously he had the big baby face run over on Raw last year with the U.S. title which kind of was his breakout moment where it's like, okay, 
People believe in him now. He finally shook off the Nestle curse because Nestle disowned him, and he came back. But now this could be his really true renaissance as a comeback, uh, as a heel. So I want to see it. I think it's exciting. I think a lot of people have wanted to see it. So for that, Apollo Crews, you get my comeback, buddy. My comeback this week goes to one T-bar of Retribution beating <laughs> Xavier Woods with 45 people. No, uh, so look, I am so excited to see T-bar win. I'm, you know, Dijak is who Dijak is. He won with Feast Your Eyes, which I always love. It's kind of odd seeing Xavier Woods without Biggie and now apparently Kofi with the, the bad jaw it for a while. It's weird. It's weird, right? Like, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense. Um, it's almost like he's naked out there. It's, it's odd. I, I don't necessarily love the T-bar promo where he's just like, I'm going to bend you in the shape of your trombone. Like, all right, that's, you're getting fed that line. It is what it is. But I was so excited T-Bar won. I think, honestly, this is where the Nestle curse turns around. Oh, no. And I'm going to say that 2000 and <laughs> 2021 oh, no. is the year of retribution. Let's oh. go. Let's oh, go. Nestle, haven't they been through enough? No. Haven't they been through enough? Oh, man. You know, it's just, they're undefeated in 20. They're undefeated. They're Good undefeated. Their five-on-one strategy is working. Yes. Every week, apparently, they're going to be facing people who are by themselves, as you said, naked. Um, but yeah, uh, let's go. Yeah, I mean, no, look it. I like I've said before. I like a lot of people, especially Mustafa Ali. I think he's a, could be a big star. Um, they're doing a thing kind of online where I, I'm. I mean, we're pretty much 100 percent sure it's a work where he went on Raw Talk after Legends Night and like ripped it and said whatever. And now they're saying now he's going on being like they don't want to give me a live mic. They're trying to censor me which I think works for his gimmick. So again, this is stuff that like I see online that is really good. Then we get to the TV portion. It's not really there. We just get this kind of stuff. It's like, you kind of got to meld these together on TV and give me that package before I'm really going to get excited for retribution. Cause if not right now, when Vince has a list of like, Oh, Hey, three hour rods, this is probably like 27th on the list after like 80,000 of all the other guys we see. So for them to get bumped up that list, we need a little more, finesse here in the story time on actual tv the internet stuff's great it should stay there but it needs to come to tv but you know what good for them they're undefeated you probably just curse them into a loss next week though who knows we won't find out until next week and that's the best part about this program folks hindsight is 2020 you can go back and call me an idiot later anyway let's get in to the big old finish one two three what a maneuver um there's a lot to get through. We have two. We have another part of NXT as well, or is it, do we? Well, we have AEW New Year's Smash Night Two, and then NXT. Uh, they had their big event last week, but the Dusty Cup returns this week with two big matchups. But before we get to those, um, we got to tell you what's up. Give us five stars, five flames on iTunes, on Amazon, on Anchor, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on Spotify. On Donner, on Blitzen, on Comet, on Cupid, uh, on YouTube as well. Um, so yeah, cook us up, give us those ratings. But JobberNocker.com, that's our website where, whoo, Nestlemania, do we got you covered. We got you covered in wrestling. Dom does Impact. Uh, TJ does NXT. The Joe Stopper does AW. Our boy Danny with one end does NXT UK. And we now have officially a New Japan writer. He was covering uh, Wrestle Kingdom. That is at SSJ Pegasus. We're thrilled to have him on board, and now i got to add him to the Twitter role, which I'm about to do, but I'm going to pause here for you to explain a little more about that. About what, NJP? Yeah, what we got going on, bro. We got it a was lot a of nice people. article. I read it. It was nice and detailed. So here, here's the thing. He told he, So so Conway knows a lot about, for those of you who don't know Dennis Conway, or uh, they, they call him uh, Derek Conway on the indies, uh, but he's been a good friend of mine for a while, and uh, approached me and said, hey, I, want, I, want to do, I know New Japan. He loves, follows it. And I was like, dude, I want one. Sure. Um, he, he instructed me on what happens every week. Apparently there's like 45 fucking house shows, some stuff on the weekend. He's like, how about I just do a wrap up of every week? I'm like, if you can do that, that'd be phenomenal. Um, so the, my wish was granted. So there we are with the SSJ Pegasus. And so I'm excited to have him. He's a knowledgeable dude. He's very, very good at what he writes. And so, uh, yeah, I think he's a great addition to the Jabberknocker. So make sure you go check that out and follow him on Twitter. Cause he's definitely uh, got his voice there on Twitter at SSJ Pegasus. So make sure you do that. Follow him. And of course, follow everybody else. But that's JC's gimmick, so I'm going to lay out on that. At Jobberknocker, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at Ray Ray of the JK, at Billy D2411, at Joe Pollock47, at TJ of the JK, at DommyFeds33, at Danny Fab with one N, and at SSJ Pegasus, Facebook Jobberknocker, Instagram Jobberknocker, because Nestlemania, we're everywhere. You want to be on social media. Xavier Woods may have been alone, but... I had to hook him up. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get to the Dusty Cup. 
on NXT because uh, I'm kind of excited. Seems like the field bigger than normal. But this week, we have Adam Cole, baby, teaming up with Roderick Strong to take on Brizongo. And we also have the Grizzled Young Veterans taking on Ever Rise and the Clash of the JC Boys versus the Nestle Boys. Nestlemania, who you got in those two matches? Uh, obviously, I'd be stupid to say that uh, Undisputed Era wouldn't win. So, Undisputed Era. Being the former tag team champions, Brizongo. Yeah, although I, I do love Dango. I, I do love me some Dango, but I can't do it. I mean, it's just dictate dictate to myself what's going to happen. It's Adam Cole, baby. Like, you got to do it. Um, the other match is Ever-Rise, right? So, I mean... Uh... They're not going to win. It's my boys, the Grizzled Young Veterans. But who came you... in second last year in WrestleMania. They might win the whole thing, baby. I know. I love I, I, so they, much. I love Ever-Rise so much, though. I'm gonna, I know you're right about the Grizzled Young Veterans, so let's say that as my official pick. But Ever-Rise, if you're not watching 205 Live, if you're not watching NXT sometimes, if you're not watching what they do online on their Twitter account, you're missing out. I have seen these guys years ago in the indies. I thought, God damn it, these guys are so fucking talented. I'm so happy that they're there. They're just so good. They're just, unfortunately, right now, where they are. Maybe they'll get higher. Who knows? But I just, I can't say enough good good things about these guys. So check them out. If you if you don't know what Ever-Rise is, you're missing out on it. Check them out. You know, just, I can't I can't speak highly enough of them. I mean, you're going to laugh. You get it. You love it. You took your pants off. You're excited. Uh, but for full coverage and actually like expert analysis, head over to jobbernocker.com uh, for TJ's NXT review on Wednesday. Uh, because guess what? He's going to have full coverage of the Dusty Cup. So we love that. But Nestlemania, smash! Night two in AEW. They got another pretty decent card here. Um, it obviously is headlined by Allen, Darby Allen, defending the TNT title for the first time in a while against the one and only Brian Cage. Do we see an up uh, new champ? You're going to say upset. I'm going to say <laughs> upset would be yeah. Darby, Darby <laughs> Allen. Upset's Darby Allen winning. But I, I, I'm picking Darby Allen because when I was watching the way and I went, okay, they went out of their way to do the, the you know, the drawing of comparison, sand, you know, Line in the sand kind of thing, where it's like, okay, he's seventy pounds, he's one hundred and seventy pounds, or is a hundred, or is it two hundred and seventy pounds, hundred pounds difference. They're trying to build this whole thing of like, can he overcome? Can he overcome? They just gave him the championship. I don't even know if he's really defended it very much. It seems like he maybe did it once. So, it was put in a tough spot with everything that's happened the last few months. I think. So I think this is a complete restart. As much as I would assume Brian Cage is going to win, I assume Sting comes out, points a bat at these old guys, and they all walk away, and somehow fucking Darby <clears throat> Allen wins with a coffin drop. I mean, that's exactly what I would assume to happen. Yep. You know, I mean, I, I've never seen a 60-year-old man with a baseball bat frighten five guys at a workout in a gym that I see. I'd probably shit my pants. But whatever. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, Sting, he's great. Not. Uh, we'll see you Pac next week. Pac versus Kingston next up. This is a feud that's been building for a while. I would assume Pac's going to pick up the win because he's the stud. The butcher and the blade. Uh, <laughs> Pac can't lose, right? It's in his contract. So I'm going to pick Pac. Next up, we have uh, a second title match on the card. That is the NWA Women's Championship. The champ, Serena Deep, who works for AEW, defends it against my girl, Tay Conti. Um, this is a nice showcase for her because we haven't really seen her in like a big match spot. We obviously saw Anna Jay get her shot at Hikaru Shida, the other young uh, female they have on their roster who's breaking out. So I'm excited to see what Tay Conti's got in a big-time match, but I assume Deep wins. Yeah, Deep has to win. I, I don't necessarily... He, here's the thing, and it's the same thing in NXT. Like, I have a hard time believing everybody's been like, it's wrestling. I know it's wrestling, but it's like, they do. The, they go out of their way to talk about her Brazilian jiu-jitsu and her judo and all this shit, and I'm like, she's like she's a certified badass. But how many times does a certified badass lose to somebody that just does wrestling holes? I don't know. Like, it's just... You brought this up a lot with her NXT gimmick because she always, like, lost, even though she looked great. But she looks great. No, she looks great the, doing it. part of the reason why she's here oh, yeah. is because they never pulled the trigger on her. So I'm with you, and that's why... For me, I'm excited because I she's obviously like come a long way in the ring. So I want to see truly how far she's come in this match against someone who can really go in deep. Yeah. We're rolling in the deep. Sorry. I'll well, if that. that isn't good enough for you, Nestlemania, then um my guy, Miro, is taking on Chuck Taylor. But I believe they added a gimmick to this match where if Miro wins, Chuck Taylor has to be like his fluffer or something. <laughs> it's called a young boy, and it's basically his bitch until the I think the till the wedding is what he said. So like I promo. said, fluffer. For those of you that don't know what fluffer is, Google it. Go to your urban dictionary. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so Miro's <laughs> gonna win, right? Because that's good TV. Uh, it's good television. So yeah, I would I would assume so. I, I would assume Penelope Ford and uh, our boy Kip Sabian mm. is uh, gonna help him on that one. So 
Yeah, give them a whole stable. Fluff-tastic. Let's move on. We got FTR taking on the Jurassic Express, but not the best part of the Jurassic Express because Marco Stunt will be taking the place of Luchasaurus, so that means FTR is probably going to win, I would hope. Yeah, if you looked on the, the promo, they were basically making a joke about how, uh, you know, Luke Harper's son cut a promo on Mark, Marco Stunt saying, you know, when I'm older, I'm going to kick your ass. I can kick your ass now. And of course, they had his rebuttal and then FTR got in the way and said like, yeah, of course the kid's right. Like, look at you. You're like five foot nothing. And then like, you know, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, the only ones that matter. So for me, like, this is not, it's a foregone conclusion. It's a nice setup. But I think that Marco Stunt's going to be eating a fucking, you know, giant finish at the end of this thing is going to look spectacular um but it'll be it'll be a nice little thing and i think that ftr is just uh you know doing their charity work at this point until they get back to the titles so is what it is yeah they've, they've, this is the kind of the few they started building when they lost the titles and obviously we know eventually it's going to be luchasaurus but yeah it's uh ftr all day all night baby i believe that's all the booking for new year's eve smash two you got anything else uh, for us before we get the hell out? I don't believe so. I think we've exhausted all of our options, JC. I'm tired. I'm I'm exhausted. So I assume that we will be back next week, hopefully, because that's what we're uh, we're told. We're we're not canceled until I'm canceled. So, uh, anyway, we hope you enjoyed this week of the Jobber Knocker. Will we be back next week? I think we will with more Jobber Knockery and some good old fluffer nutting. <laughs> <laughs>